wherever you listen throughout the world. It's football time! Again, for another week of the Gridiron Guys, your home of the NFL south of the equator. Uh, we're back after a couple of weeks of preseason games and also a really fun interview from Nathan Chappie Chapman. So if you haven't checked that one out yet, please go back and do yourself a favor. That was unreal. Uh, but as always, Cam, how you going? Yeah, well, mate. Yeah, the interview went well last week. We kind of got a good insight into all things pro kick and just sort of the things they're doing there and some of the guys they're expecting to do big things this year in college. So that was pretty good. And, yeah, how good is having football back? We've had the first two weeks of preseason, and we're pretty keen to have it back. Yeah, it was um, awesome. Massive week of games this week especially. I got a good chance to sit down and watch a few. I had work off. Unfortunately, it was due to have my silly Sunday this weekend. But, uh, alas, the uh, border closures and the lockdowns have struck again. But that's all right. I Managed to use my time well. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah, look, there's some good games actually to be had, I suppose. They're sort of treating this as uh, week three of the regular uh, off-season, like pre-season games, because I suppose there's mm. only three this year. So they're kind of starting to play some of their starters. Yeah, it was good, wasn't it? Uh, I really enjoyed, like, some of those guys were starting to shine through. And as we mentioned, I suppose the biggest the thing that we got to see was a lot of the rookie QBs running around and really strutting their stuff, I think. Not many people have, you know, let us down, really, have they? Everyone's shining through. No, not really, because I was looking at, and I suppose I was looking at sort of games for the first week and the second week. Justin Fields, I guess the difference between week one and two was kind of large. Week one, everyone was super excited. He went, what, 14 for 20, 142 yards, threw a touchdown and rushed for one as well. But then this week kind of regressed a little. I don't know if that's the difference in the defences, but, yeah, we didn't see as much. Well, he did take a nice big hit to the head as well, so you wonder if that came under an issue. But (laughs) Yeah, that was a big one. I thought the funny thing that I saw, though, from week one to week two, there was a bit of a thread going around about betting unders in the preseason as well because there's just so many spuds flying around, so there's not many points scored. Uh, cashed out. Every game played the unders first week, but unfortunately in the second week, the uh, the dream died. <laughs> yeah, I remember you sent me that, and I was like, surely that just won't pay. And then as soon as I looked at that first week and thought, gee whiz, but yeah, this week it was just no chance. Some games blew out very quickly. No, but keep an eye on that for next week because I think uh, we're probably going to have a few less starters. There could be a few more issues, a few more interceptions, a few more fumbles. Um, But I suppose the biggest thing that I learned from the early games is that uh, we're back. Denver are back. (laughs) We are going to go on a roll. And I'm saying it now, we're going to go 15-2 and on the way to the ASC Championship game. Yeah. Yeah, look, I guess that poses the question of who would you have to start at quarterback? There's been a bit of a duel there between the last two weeks, both of them playing quite well. Teddy B having a bit of a link with Judy. What are your thoughts? Uh, Look, I'd have to say after, you know, week one, it was sort of neck and neck. But after this second game, Teddy's, I think he's got his head in front at the moment. Um, I wouldn't say that Locke had a bad game. He just, Teddy went out. I think he threw two TDs in the end, you know, to Hamler and Jerry Judy, and he just looked a lot better, that's all. And he took – I suppose that's what we're talking about in this sort of game. He just took the most of his opportunities, really. So we'll see if they play them next week. But I'd say probably at the moment I'm liking what Teddy's dishing up. Yeah, I think Teddy could be the starter for you for week one. The other one was Pat Satane was a red-hot week one starter. You've got to be happy with that. Oh, that was unreal. He just absolutely ball hawked that thing and ran it all the way back for six. Oh, 
this kid's going to be good. I I know I wanted a QB at the draft, but now that I've seen this guy run around, he is an absolute throbber. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, you can't complain with that. He's just set the world on fire from week one. So hopefully he takes that into the season because your defense is good already. Yeah, I know. I think it's going to be back to the old days. No fly zone. Come and meet us at mile high. Yeah, speaking of defenses... Uh, my One of my takeaways from week one, and it's hard to say no to my guys, but uh, six takeaways in the first game, three intercepts, three forced fumbles, and then I think they had another two forced fumbles but didn't recover them this week. Only let in three, but Ravens' defense is looking hot. Yeah, you'd probably be happy for that at the moment because I think that's always been your calling. I suppose all the light's been shone on Lamar, but realistically the, the defense has been the backbone of your team, so hopefully they can really set you up nicely this year. Yeah, I'm very keen for that. And I'm pretty happy with some of the positions. So we'll talk about them later, I think. That's good. Um, I think what else caught my eye this preseason, a couple of things, uh, is Big Ben back. Gee whiz, he looked good on the weekend, didn't he? He threw for two touchdowns and 158 QB rating. And those dinner plate hands are bringing back the fake throw. (laughs) Yeah, it's true. Like, I think it's funny that... He's kind of aging and everyone's expecting him to sort of roll out, but I think he's in, and he had to get in the best shape of his career. He's looking pretty trim. He's looking pretty solid. So you're right. Like, I think they need him to step up because the defense can't carry the Steelers all season. No, not at all. Uh, and realistically, I think we mentioned this before, but this is sort of like getting, you know, maybe this year or next. If he lasts two years, I'd be quite surprised. So this year I'd see him being his last hurrah. Yeah, absolutely. And I suppose he's got a bit of a weapon in Najee Harris now, which we saw a bit of. But, yeah, they, he could do things this year. He's looked good too, hasn't he, Najee? I mean, really yeah. sprung out of the blocks, both yeah. in the passing game and the running game. Yeah, he had a nice catch in the backfield and sort of broke off for 50-odd yards, so that was pretty solid. Love it. Uh, what else do we have? I think the uh, the battle between Trey Lance and Jimmy G has definitely started off quite well, hasn't it? Uh, both players really strutting their stuff. Um, I think, you know... Both of them today, or no, sorry. Yeah, it was today, wasn't it? Yeah. Uh, this is a Monday. Um, both did throw an interception today. You know, Jimmy G had limited time, so he didn't really do too much else. So I think that will get, you know, frowned upon, but that one did come off his receiver's hands. I did, however, like Lance. He threw an interception today as well, but then he managed to pick himself up and lead the team to two more touchdowns himself. Yeah, I think that's actually going to be a tough one. I don't see him using Lance early, but from all we're seeing at the moment, we could see him sooner rather than later. But yeah, he a few interceptions, I suppose both of them are having a few mistakes, but he's uncorked a few big passes actually, which I've kind of liked. No, they look unreal, doesn't he? he does, he's not afraid to air it out, which is, I think yeah. that's the best thing. You don't want these rookies to go into their shell. Yeah, absolutely. I agree. So that's one to watch for the season. I think what, when does Trey Lance start? I think, well, I mean, we've probably already gone over this as well, but you know, if all things go well, you may not start till next year. But again, this is one of those headaches that you like having as a coach, really. Yeah, it's very true. Um, I'm trying to think anything else. I suppose we saw our favourite guy, Nathan Peterman. He is uh, going out and just doing his usual stuff for throwing picks. He threw a lot of yards, but yeah, just back to his old. Jesus, what has he got? Three picks in two games again. He's just up to his usual tricks. Yeah, it's very good. Um, The other QB battle that might be interesting, I suppose, is Mac Jones and Cam Newton. Mac Jones could start sooner as expected as well. I know he went 13 for 19 and 146 yards, but I suppose Newton at the same time went 8 for 9 and 100 yards and a touchdown. So much of a muchness there. Yeah, they've both been running it back, haven't they? Um, You can sort of see that they're really keen to go at it. And it's, again, making a nice little selection headache out there in Foxborough, really. Um, 
Well, what else do we got? Uh, another QB battle going on. Jacob Eason and Sam Ellinger for the Indy number one with both having, you know, a bit of room for improvement. I don't think either one has been elite really like some of these other QBs that we've been talking about. But uh, I think Eason has edged forward as the favourite. He led with 132 yards and two drives for field goals. Neither of them had really made many touchdowns, whereas Ellinger only passed for 70 and two interceptions. So I think he, he just puts his nose in front there. Yeah, I think I agree. And it's going to be a hard one and it's going to be a watch and wait because I think I did see today that Carson Wentz is back and practicing. So probably back sooner than expected. And I think the Colts are kind of crossing their fingers after seeing those two that Wentz is back sooner rather than later because I don't think they need to get those early wins on the board and without Wentz, I don't know if they will. No, not at all, really. Uh, It'll be interesting to see if they can even get the wins with Wentz. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, it's true. It's true. Uh, Another quarterback I saw this week, Tua Tungavailoa. It uh, was pretty good, actually. 16 for 23, 183 yards and a touchdown. But then I looked and Co- uh, Jacoby Brissett went 8 for 8, 99 yards and a touchdown. So I don't know if it's the lackluster defences. I suppose this preseason stuff is really hard to gauge because you just don't know what they're going up against with their lines that they've got or the defence they're going up against. Yeah, it's a big difference as well, depending on you know how long that player stays in. I found a lot with some of these QBs, especially if they're just playing that first quarter, it looks hard for them to get into that rhythm because basically they're playing maybe one, two drives at max. And, you know, if some if the player on the other side has a long drive, that's five, seven minutes, and that's half the quarter really gone. So, And then by the time you do your drive for three minutes and, you know, maybe whether you punt or you get a kick, you pretty much don't see the ball again. Yeah, it's very true. So I suppose going into week three of preseason, we're kind of hoping to see more of the starters line up for a bit longer and then we'll sort of get a bit of a better gauge of some of those guys. Yeah, fingers crossed. Uh, I think finally the last thing to touch on was uh, the Buccaneers. They Their depth looks a bit out of sorts at the moment, didn't it? They were pounded by the Titans, 34-3. Um they also had six fumbles amongst the team. Granted, they picked up five of them again, but, you know, six fumbles is a lot for a team in one game. Yeah, I unfortunately hadn't caught much of the Buccaneers. But, yeah, as you said just there, that has some worrying signs about it. I suppose if you sort of go down that depth chart, they've really got a stacked top 11 on both sides of the ball. I mean, they've returned them all from the Super Bowl wins. win. But, yeah, if they start copying some injuries, that could be a team that really goes downhill. Yeah, and Kyle Trask isn't looking like himself anymore. He's clearly had his life force drained now after throwing two interceptions. Uh, <laughs> Absolutely. All right, so we roll into a new segment uh, that we're going to trial throughout this year. We've got a bit of a working title at the moment, so I think we're going to toss it up. We'll see what works, what doesn't. Uh, open to suggestions as well, so hit us off. Uh Basically calling it hot and not uh, those people that we see along the week that are either throbbing hot or they're ice cold not, I suppose. <laughs> yeah, look, we'll work on the title as we go through this. But, yeah, I suppose you and I each will pick one team one team or player that we think is hot and one team that's not, and then we can just discuss that. So who have you got as hot this week? Well, you um, touched on a little bit before, but the Patriots QB room, oh, Mac and Newton have been elite to start the preseason, um, as we sort of mentioned, both very efficient, making great throws, and it definitely makes the conversation for QB1 very interesting. I'm still leaning on Newton to start. Um, he just looks that safer option at the moment and that, you know, I don't think you want to throw Mac to the Wolves just yet, but giving Newton um, the run of the mill, but certainly, as I sort of said, future is bright for Bill. He seems to have found Brady 2.0 in Mac, and he's going to be the guy you know, to lead them into the future. 
Yeah, I hate to say it, but you're right. Like uh, Mac Jones was a bit of a weird one coming out of the draft, and we weren't sure. But Bill always has something in mind, doesn't he? They look like they're playing in season already. A 35 nil drubbing of the Eagles, which I mean is a walk in the park. Sometimes the Eagles aren't looking too crash hot yet. But yeah, look, and you can never write Cam Newton off. Cam Newton's one of those guys who's got a chip on his shoulder and is always sort of thrown about that he's sort of not that good or he's over the hill. But I think he'll come out and sort of prove himself here with Mac Jones coming in hot on his tail to sort of take over that role, hasn't he? Absolutely, yeah. He's You can see he's gone away and worked on it. He's not someone to shy away from the hard stuff or, you know, the tough conversations really. And he's gone and had them and now he's back and he's ready to throw up. Yeah, unfortunately, I think that means the Patriots could be looking good again after the, the dynasty that was. But yeah, for me this week, hot, and I hate to be biased, and I mentioned it before, <laughs> but the Baltimore Ravens defense is flying. Six turnovers or six uh, takeaways in week one, which is three intercepts and three forced fumbles, which were recovered, and then two forced fumbles not recovered this week, but they only allowed for three points and a couple of goal line stops. Um there's just a lot of guys and they've sort of had an issues with the linebacker core at the moment, but two guys they drafted last year in Patrick Queen and Malik Harrison have sort of formed a good duo there. They did lose LJ Fort to a season ending ACL injury and the cornerback depth is just really good and safety is sort of one we've, we've sort of picked up a few guys undrafted and Deshaun Elliott is one that I think is one to look out for this year. I think on the first 11 snaps, he had four tackles, a couple of tackles for loss and was just looking red hot. It should be very exciting, isn't it? Your division is going to be heating up. As we sort of mentioned, there's going to be a lot of offense played. So it's quite, you know, nice for your boys to see that they're putting it down on defense. Uh, can I also put a special mention to the Ravens for now tying the record for 19 wins straight in the preseason? Uh, not sure if that translates to anything, but it's a record. Yeah, we're the preseason champions. Undefeated. <laughs> so, yeah, look, I can't complain about that. But, yeah, look, I'm pretty excited for our division this year. Some like Steelers defense. Browns defense and our defense. I don't know about Bengals. I haven't looked that much into them, but three really stout defenses. Moving on to not, uh, my not of the week is the Bears and in particular, Andy Dalton. Uh, Dalton started game one with basically a whimper and then managed a TD in the second game, but he tied things in a neat bow with an interception and a turnover on downs uh, and was next off, booed off by the home faithful, unfortunately, who really want to see fields. Uh, look, you know, he just hasn't been economical at all. And everyone's, you know, cheering for fields and things like that. I think even beforehand they were saying, you know, don't don't boo Trubisky. He's coming back. Nothing happened with him. So they took that, they took that word and they pointed it to Dalton. <laughs> yeah, you're right. Uh, it's really harsh because I think Dalton was pretty good for Cowboys last year in their time of need. So I don't think the Bears are going to be too put out just having him as either a backup or a starter until Fields mm. is ready. But yeah, I think Fields came out and said he thought it was pretty harsh and didn't help Dalton sort of move forward in their progress. Um, it was funny to see Trubisky come out and absolutely torch the Bears too. So that was quite good. Gee whiz, he gave an absolute lesson, didn't he? <laughs> yeah. Is, do you think he could find himself onto another team the way he's playing? I mean, potentially if injuries strike and things like that. So say, for example, you know, we were looking at, um, options for Indianapolis earlier a couple of weeks ago with mm-hmm. the Carson Wentz when we weren't sure. I think, you know, if he proved himself for another week, then, yeah, he would be one of those guys that you add to list rather than, you know, trying to coax Rivers out of retirement. I think at the moment everyone's pretty settled on their QBs, but if an injury does pop up, there are a few places where I see that QB2 is not very ideal at the moment. So you could see him popping up 
potentially. Yeah the, only, yeah, the only other one I think is probably Houston. I suppose with the biggest question mark mm. over Deshaun is we don't know who's going to play there week one. So that's probably another one. But yeah, back to the Bears. And as you said, Andy Dalton. So I think, do we think we're going to see much from him this year or do we think Fields will start week one? Well, Matt Nagy came out and said he's definitely week one starter again. He reiterated that. So barring anything catastrophic happening next week, it looks like he will start week one. Should he start week one off these records? Possibly not, but we're not the coaches, I suppose. That's why they get paid (laughs) the big bucks, as they say. Yeah, this is true. So I suppose for mine, for the not this week, and I kind of, I tinker with the name of flying and dying. So I said the Ravens defense is flying. And (laughs) in my dying column, I have the Detroit Lions and Jared Goff's career. Jared Goff's career. I mean, the Browns used to be the dumpster fire where your career went to die. And then now they're looking good. Is the Lions the new franchise where your career goes to die? Matt got, sorry, Matthew Stafford was there for so long and probably has the talent to be really solid, but in, in a franchise that just really struggles, has Jared Goff's career gone to die? Yeah, I think Motor City is not a destination on anyone's lips, let's be honest. Uh, And as you mentioned, now that the Browns are gone, uh, or not gone, but they are starting to win games, yeah, it really puts the the squeeze on the lines. I think Goff is done. He was a really weird number one pick when you started, wasn't it? I I still don't understand what they saw in him. Obviously, he went to a Super Bowl, which, you know, credit to him, but he did that in a very heavy offense. Like, that was an unreal joint, and he had Todd Gurley in his prime. Uh, It was just ridiculous what they were doing. Going forward without any weapons around him, I don't see him making much of a stand, to be honest. No, I agree. I think, yeah, that's my biggest dying of this week is Jared Goff's career. I think, I hope he does all right. And I hope the Lions sort of get out of the hole that they're in because, I mean, I don't see them improving much this year and they've traded away some good prospects in terms of their wide receivers. But, yeah, I think that's one to watch. Absolutely. All right, moving on to another one that we're going to try and keep on top of this year because there's so much going on, Rookie Watch. Uh, as we mentioned, there's been a lot of rookies strutting their stuff at the moment. But uh, who have you got for this week that's really caught your eye? Yeah, look, I tossed and turned on a fair few guys this week and I was talking to you and asking sort of what your thoughts were. And I talked about Pat Sertain before. He was one that I tossed up. And I suppose I didn't see him in week two. So after the week one, I was like, oh, yeah, okay. Mac Jones is another one. And then Fields after week one. And I suppose I have gone with this week one guy, but I have gone with our man, Jeremiah Awusu Karamoa from the Cleveland Browns. This man had an absolutely elite week one. We notched up eight tackles, seven of which were solo, one sack, two tackles, oh, sorry, three tackles for loss and one quarterback hit. So, I mean, we talked about this guy in the mock draft and we had him in first round and he was sort of dropped down the board a little bit due to medical issues. Mm. So I think... Like Cleveland's picked up an absolute gem here in the second round and he could shine and push himself if he can for defensive rookie of the year. Yeah, big old jock, baby. He absolutely went and he ripped and he teared. And can you imagine that whole, as we sort of mentioned, defense from the Cleveland Browns is going to be hot and he's mm-hmm. just going to add another absolute layer to it. Uh, scary to think what he can do out there. And he's got two chances to run at Lamar too. So what do you reckon? He'll be able to keep up with him? <laughs> yeah, I reckon he'll probably not just sack on him out line sort of a bit <laughs> holes, but... Yeah, look, um, it's scary that we're going to see some solid defense out of the Browns this year, especially in the secondary as well. But yeah, Jeremiah Wusu-Karamoa is one to keep your eye out on. Who have you got on your rookie watch this week? 
I've got none other than the man from the Apple Isle, uh, Zach Wilson. He was absolute lead in pencil stuff this week. 9 of 11, 128 yards and two TDs versus the Packers. Oh, that was just outrageous. And some of those throws that he took across on the run, across the body, like, oh, man, it's so good and just so much fun to watch, isn't it? Uh, and I think what the biggest thing is, it just shows uh, the old New York faithful what happens when you actually protect your quarterback and give them a little bit of time to do their thing. Yeah, you're absolutely right. I mean, Sam Darnold, the poor bastard, copped it for a couple of years. And they've gone in and helped getting Zach Wilson. And I know you needed to send the money to protect him because you've used pick two on him. But I doubted him, actually. before. Mm. Pre- I know it's preseason, but I was a bit of a doubter of Zach Wilson. Coming out of BYU, I wasn't really sure how good he was going to be, but he's sort of proven the haters wrong at the moment, isn't he? Look, I mean, it's not hard to get high on the hype that is a pro day, really. Some of those videos can look so auspicious, you know. You had little things on the YouTube and it just makes everyone cream their pants, but he's been able to put it out onto the field. And damn, I can't wait to see him in the regular season. Uh, early rookie of the year favourite, lock him in. Yeah, right. Jeez, there could be some dollars on there, so we might talk about <laughs> that later, but... Yeah, I think he is one to watch. So, look, we're going to use this segment and keep rookies to watch throughout the year, and then we'll just keep firing them out. Uh, Another new segment that we're going to have a go at is Aussies in action. I suppose being an Australian podcast, we like our Aussies playing, and what have we seen so far from our guys? Uh, A lot of punts, if I'm going to be honest, but that's not surprising (laughs) considering majority of the players are punters. Uh, So it's good to see them doing that. (laughs) <laughs> we did have though Adam Goetzes He played last week uh, He's due to play tomorrow against the Saints Correct me if I'm wrong yeah, um, I think you're right, yeah. But he had a decent first out You know, two tackles and a tackle for the loss On a handful of snaps, I believe So, you know, one of those position players That is going out and we'll be keeping a close eye on Yeah, it's true And I suppose, as you said, the punters have been pretty good And we kind of expect that from our punters the Australian punters, as we talked with uh, Chappie last week Are sort of changing the game and leading the way In terms of punting And then I suppose the only other guy We couldn't really keep stats on Unless you watch the Eagles games Is Jordan Mylata Because he's playing offensive line So, I mean, after a 35-0 loss We don't know how much he actually did Yeah, no, and I'm not going back and watching their games I'm going to be honest (laughs) Sorry, Eagles stink We skipped that game Absolutely. So, look, this is something we'll just keep an eye on over the year and kind of keep a track on the Aussie guys. All right. Uh, I think that wraps us up for the preseason. But what's starting next week uh, is the first week of college is back. First Saturday, I think, for the rest of the year. And we're on the college train. Yeah, we love the college train. It's super exciting. And I suppose when we talk about rookies before, this is where we see our guys come out of. So if you want to get a first look at some of these guys that might be playing on your team in the future, you've got to watch college. It's high scoring. It's fun to watch. And the experience <clears> in college just looks brilliant. Yeah. Oh, I would do anything to trade and possibly trade my left nut to go over there and do a couple <laughs> of years and live in the student section. Holy dooly. They look good. Yeah, it's elite. So look, I think what we want to do here is we're probably going to preview the Power 5 conferences. Is that right? Yeah, essentially, look, the way that college works is there's just a shit ton of schools and essentially there's a shit ton of games, um, but there's also a lot of shit. So basically the power five is where the good players are, so that's what we're going to keep our eye on. Occasionally a non-conference school pops up or somewhere from the Sun Belt or something like that, I don't know. But yeah, anyways. Notre Dame, which is a bit of an anomaly, aren't they? Yeah, exactly. But even like some schools from the ACC and that are still rubbish, So and they're a power <laughs> five. So 
we'll yeah, just keep true. our eyes on the top, uh, top 25 and those sort of things. But I think, yeah, we'll just run through the Power 5 conferences, starting with, as aforementioned, the Atlantic Coast Conference. Uh, I had a look through the odds. The uh, leading contender for winner is Clemson at $1.11. Uh, the, con- the other contenders are Miami, Florida at 11 and North Carolina at $11. Yeah, I think it's hard to go past Clemson here, as you said. DJ, and I'm not even going to pre- attempt no. to pronounce the last name, DJ U uh, is the quarterback this year, taking over from our man T-Law. Um, I, I, you could see them go undefeated again, couldn't you, and make it to that top four? Pretty much. I mean, you look at their run home, uh, basically they've got the whole ACC to play against, which outside of, as I mentioned, probably Miami, Florida or North Carolina would probably be my smoky after having watched them last year. And uh, yeah. their quarterback, Sam Howell, who mm-hmm. I think is potentially a Heisman smoky, he was quite good last year. Um, but essentially they play all through them. And then their only matchup against Georgia is posing their main concern. Mm-hmm. But I think for them, the main thing is, as history shown, if you essentially win out your conference um, and even if you just have one loss you're still likely to be invited for the college football playoffs so expect to see them in the playoff semis how they go though um, that'll be another question because as you sort of said their new QB will be good but their main concern will be on the secondary and they're likely not to be tested until the college football semifinals. Yeah, it's very true. I suppose you say you look at the top 25 and you can see teams like North Carolina sitting there at 10 in the preseason and Miami, Florida at 14. So yeah, look, they don't have it easy, but their teams like Florida State have kind of fallen off the fallen off the train there in the ACC, who used to be an absolute powerhouse. But yeah, look, Georgia is the biggest test. SEC football is hard to beat. But yeah, I, I dare say we'll see Clemson and Darbo back again. 100%. Uh, I think moving on next, we've got the Big 12. So no conferences in here, just the full slate. Um, yeah. We've got the winner is Oklahoma at $1.57 with the next contenders being Iowa State at $3.50 and Oklahoma State at $13. Yeah. Yeah, look, I suppose it's hard to go past Oklahoma here. Spencer Rattler as our Heisman favourite. And they've picked up a few other guys. I know they picked up a few in the transfer portal and they're just a team that just picks up five-star players all the time from high school. So Oklahoma is just that high-power offense that are fun to watch, actually. If you want to watch a team and score some big points, they're one to watch. But Iowa State, they're a big smoky for me, and they're ranked seven, so they're not really too like big of a – not a contender. But they came out of nowhere last year and finished ranked nine. So that could be another big thing this year with Brees Hall at running back and Brock Purdy at QB. Yeah, they'll be massive. As you sort of mentioned, they had a top 10 campaign. I think it was the first one in a while, basically. Um, and you look That's and you see majority, yeah. yeah, majority of their rosters returning. So you would expect them to sort of lift again in their sort of senior campaigns, which would be quite interesting. Yep. Uh, yeah, as you sort of mentioned, outside of that, not too much else because Oklahoma have won six of the last, yeah, they've won the last six and this is their seventh straight if they win. Um the Cowboys uh, have made a resurgence under Mike Gundy, which is good yep. because they were elite back in the day and then fell away for nothing. Um, and then finally, uh, Texas hired Steve Sarkisian, who was the former Alabama offensive coordinator. Yep. Um, so there's a bit of hype surrounding them. However, I've bought into that before. Texas have fooled everyone with preseason hype <laughs> and new coaches, and they have just they win maybe one or two to start off and then they just fall off an absolute cliff. So I don't expect them to be anywhere near the top. I think it'll be interesting, as you sort of mentioned, Oklahoma v. Iowa State in the Big 12 conference game should be exciting. Um, but, yeah, don't be surprised if Oklahoma run it back and end up in the semifinals again. 
Yeah, it's true. And I think Texas are probably a few years off being back to what they were. They used to be that powerhouse, like back in the day with what Vince Young and a few others. Mm. Texas, when they potentially join the, well, they do join the SEC with Oklahoma. That'll be one to watch when they sort of make it across there. They kind of need to build for the next few years. Um, the only other thing I was going to say is Oklahoma. Once they get to the semifinals, will we ever see them make the, they've never made the final, have they? No, I don't believe so. Again, this is another one of those, I think, where they have sort of an easier conference and they run it through quite simply. And then they're only challenged once they get to the semifinals. I mean, there are some good teams floating around there. Let's be honest. You know, if you're going to come up against players like Alabama and that, you've got to be ready to play. Yeah, absolutely. But, yeah, I think we'll, we'll stick with the Big 12 and Oklahoma. Yeah. Uh, moving on next is the Big Ten. We've got the slated winner is Ohio State at $1.45. Uh, with the next coming up contenders is Wisconsin at 7 and Iowa at 10. Yeah, not a bad conference. Ohio State, as always, we kind of expect massive things from them. They seem to dominate. They kind of made it last year only having to play a shorter conference due to COVID. Mm. But, yeah, they're kind of – the only one I'm excited to watch or see is potentially if they bring in Quinn Ewers out of high school. He's one of the highest-rated prospects to ever come out of high school. And they've brought him in early. So we'll see him this year, potentially. Should be very exciting, I think. Uh, I find that the Big Ten is probably the second best conference behind the SEC most of the time. It's quite a um, it's quite a traditional and storied. You know, you think of those Michigan, Michigan State, um, and a few of those others. But they're sort of falling away. That hardball experiment hasn't really paid off, has it, to be honest? No. Uh, those Yeah, those two sort of historical teams and even mm. Penn State. The Penn State is making a bit of a resurgence, but, yeah, Michigan, just a team they used to be super scared of, and Michigan State, they're just not as big as what they used to be. Yeah, Penn State's only one, hasn't done anything since their 2016 whitewash, essentially. Um, and, again, since that, it's been all Ohio State dominating. Yeah. Um, you sort of look at Ohio, they start without Fields and Sermon, and also they lose a lot on their defence. Mm-hmm. Um, not that defence is overly highly rated in the Big Ten, but you need it when you start going into those college football playoffs. Yeah. Um, but I think probably the big thing is redshirt freshman CJ Stroud looks to have to be handed to the keys of the castle, and he's sort of potential Heisman as well. Yeah, it's true, and he has two really good targets that have decided to stay. I think they could have potentially both gone to the draft, which is Chris Olave and Garrett Wilson, potentially two of the best wide receivers in college football at the moment. So as you said, he's sort of been given the keys and he can just dominate. I think that could be the only underlying for Wisconsin to come in and sneak it, I think, just because he's a freshman, he may get rattled. But by all regards from preseason, it sounds like he's ripping and tearing, ready to go. Uh, Next on is the Pac-12. We have the winner slated at Oregon for $3.50. Then we got the contenders as Washington, $4.50, and USC at $5. Yeah, I think it's hard to go. But, I mean, Washington and Oregon, that'll be the two to come from that side. And then... What do you think of USC, Utah, Arizona State? There's a bit of a battle there on the other side of the conference. What are your thoughts? Because you're a, a USC man, aren't you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a toss-up, isn't it, really? You sort of see that, um, as you mentioned, Oregon-Washington side of Pac-12, um, and then you've got the the other side. So they'll sort of battle them out. I think USC stands as to be the better team at the moment. Um, over the past couple of years, they've certainly recruited quite well, and they've been working on their skill positions. I know Ked and Slovis is a... Not slated to be a Heisman hopeful, but I think he should, he should be up there, really. He was the yeah. one who kicked out JT Daniels. Now JT Daniels is a top prospect at Georgia, essentially. Yeah, so, yeah, you're right. Oh, like oh, This is actually quite a tough division. There's three of those teams are in the top 25. Mm. Arizona State's probably the smoky for me here with Jaden Daniels prime for a bit of a breakout year, I think, a quarterback. Arizona State's offense could be red hot. 
But the interesting bit about Pac-12 is that they are sort of viewed as the weakest power five at the moment because yeah. they haven't produced a college football playoff contender since 2016. Um, certainly didn't help as well because their bowl record for this conference last year was quite poor. I don't even think sure. a team won a game, to be honest. Um, but when you sort of look at it, it's quite even amongst it, and you can see why. A lot of these guys are taking wins off each other and it's not able to get a, champ- a conference champion with just maybe one loss or they may need to be undefeated to get that look in. Yeah, and I think that's probably the only chance that they're making the CFB playoffs, isn't it? Like if if one of the teams that comes out of here, I think they could be one of the conferences that doesn't get picked. Mm, for sure. Uh, finally, moving on to the big daddy, uh, the SEC, the Kings of College Football. Uh, no surprises here. The winner is slated for Alabama at $1.62, but close con- behind contenders are Georgia at $2.88 and then Texas A&M at $13. Yeah, I mean, SEC football is the peak of college football. We know that. Alabama is the peak team to beat, and we probably don't see any surprises here that they're number one going into the season, and I can't see them losing it again, unfortunately. I mean, they've lost some quality players in Mac Jones, Najee Harris, and a few others, but they're just so hard to beat. Georgia, a team that brings a lot of talent in but never seems to deliver. Yeah, 100%. I think, yeah, starting off with Alabama, they just have, with Nick Saban, they just have that next man up mentality, don't they? Uh, You know, they've got top recruit Bryce Young coming in to lead the offense, so he should be good. Uh, They've also got the majority of their sixth-ranked defense returning, so that should be quite scary. It'll just be one of those things of whether Young can step up and lead the offense because that's where points are scored, essentially. Georgia, however, have attempted to strangle the competition with their defense over the past couple of years, but as we sort of know, you need someone to go out there and do something freaky to win you these games, don't you, in the playoffs? So I think that's what they're hoping that JT Daniels will do. Yep. Yeah, Georgia Georgia will probably be there at the end, uh, annoyingly, because I'm a Tennessee fan, <laughs> so it's just annoying to see Georgia up there. The only Smokies I did see, and you said Texas a before, someone talked about Kentucky. Now, they're mm. not one they really expect much from in the football world. Basketball is usually their jam, but it kind of isn't anymore. At, oh, sorry, as of last year, but they'll probably be back. <laughs> But, yeah, Kentucky football, we could see an interesting one here uh, and we could see the resurgence of the great Tennessee Vols under Josh Heupel. So they're probably a team to watch over the next few years, but this is Alabama written all over it, doesn't it? Absolutely, yeah. Do your boys go back to a bowl game this year, your thoughts? Uh, That's probably the best thing I can probably hope for. I know we lost a fair few players. There's one to watch out for for Alabama, actually, Henry Toto. He's a good Mm. linebacker, five-star prospect. So he's one that they picked up that just makes them even better. So. We'll see. Uh, very good. Well, so that's the Power Five. Uh, have a look at those odds. Unfortunately, as I found out today, I was trying to multi a few of them in, and I'll mention them a little bit later, but you can't do it. So unfortunately there, we're not able to make you that much money, but we can give you all the singles you like. Uh, but what we can help you with is the Heisman watch. Let's run through those bad boys. Uh, the main favourites are, as we sort of mentioned, Spencer Rattler at $9, DJU at 12 Bryce Young at 13 and JT Daniels at 13 Yeah, we put a post about this the other day. And those four, it's so hard to go past them. And I suppose I thought, oh, yeah, it's a quarterback winner. But I think we saw a wide receiver win it last year. We've seen running back win, win it in the past. But I don't see anyone outside of those four really making a push other than maybe Hale or Matt Coral, as you were saying earlier. Mm, the old Miss QB. That's the one, yeah. So, look, I think Heisman, for me, Spencer Rattler at $9 in that high-power offense, it's hard to go past him. 
Yeah. I'm, as I sort of mentioned before, I'm high on Sam Howe. $17, bit of value. You sort of look at his 2020 season, 3,500 plus yards, 30 TDs, 179 QB rating. Uh, and also, he's got an easier schedule. If you look at that, if he wins out, there's a big chance he could go well there. Um, the other big smoky that has been thrown around who's not a QB is Bijan Robinson of the running back from Texas at $26. Uh, now, this is mainly because of the hiring of Steve Sarkisian, who just loves running the footy, as we saw a la Najee Harris last year. Yeah. So expect him to pound the rock, and that could lead to some big numbers. Yeah, my only other one outside of them is probably Brees Hall from Iowa State. If they have another big season, he's probably going to be the catalyst for that. So he's probably another one at $41. So, I mean, it's hard to go near it. Maybe put a couple of bucks on it. <laughs> uh, do you have any other good bets coming up? Uh, look, yeah, I had a look at some of the futures plays. As I said, I tried to multi them, but unfortunately can't. Um, a few championship winners or conference winners. I think some interesting ones were Cincinnati to win the AAC, not a power five, so we didn't mention them, but they're $1.40. I did also like North Carolina for the ACC Coastal because um, obviously that takes Clemson out of the picture, but it does leave Miami in. You do look at them, they did flog Miami, Florida, those 62 to 26 last year. So that's why I think that's a good way to double your money. Um, Oklahoma to be the Big 12 champ. We mentioned that before. And then what did I have? Oh, yeah, Boise State for the Mountain West Championship at $2.10. Not bad either. The boys with the blue field out there. I don't mind that. Um, And finally, my big call is Georgia to win the college football at $6. Gee whiz, really getting out of the there. Uh, look, someone's got to do it, and I don't hate that. Boise State, I actually quite like that. There's a bit of value there. But Georgia, Georgia to win the college football, uh, look, you could be right there. They're, they're a massive contender. If they can knock off Bama, if they can beat him in the SEC championship game, brings them even closer to it. Um, I suppose my only bet, I've, there's not much NFL at the moment to bet on. We don't really want to look at preseason games and put people's money there. I've gone a safe division multi-winner and a risky one with all the divisions. So I've gone safe with the Bills, the Chiefs, the Titans, the Bucks, and Green Bay. Mm-hmm. Brings you $9.77 odds. And then risky, all of them, we're going to go Bills, Chiefs, Ravens, Titans, Cowboys, Bucks, Green Bay, and San Fran at $129. So I don't mind that. It's just obviously Denver's going to win the West, so that'll ruin your risky one. That's fine. Um... <laughs> yeah, look... <laughs> Yeah, that would boost your odds massively. I do like this, though. There is a prop bet running around as well. If you want to add a little bit of cheese to your multis, uh, there's there's an option on sports bet for the San Fran starting QB week one. Jimmy G is $1.30 and Trey Lance is $3.40. So I think if you want to add a bit of cheddar, I think Jimmy G for $1.30 is quite money there. Yeah, that's not bad. And I suppose with these segments we've done this week, Better the week is probably something that we're going to have once the NFL season starts. So someone's going to have their shoe-in of the week and a mm. lot of the week. And we'll probably put those out for you in a little video on Instagram just so people can sort of follow along and we'll see if we can make some money for people during the year. Absolutely. All right. But I think uh, that about wraps us up, does it? Yep, absolutely. That was uh, another episode done. Love it. See you next week. Thanks for letting us in your crib. It's been real. <laughs>